Hello everyone, Emil here, the day after my birthday. Yes, on the 4th of June, I completed another lap on this giant floating space rock around a huge burning rock. Okay, enough of that. Welcome to episode 70 of Double DM. We have Homie and the dude with us today to talk about creating unique and exciting content. We talk about finding your niche, creating content, the TTRPG community, working together, and a whole lot of interesting advice and insight for content creators new and old. You seriously don't want to miss what Tom and Bodhi have to say about literally everything in the process. Starting with ideas, creating these ideas, releasing these ideas, marketing them, connecting them and everything else. I mean these guys are literally heavyweight champions in quality content creation. You will notice however this episode doesn't have a recap. That is because, well, first, Niels was on vacation, second, I moved places the day after this episode was recorded, third, this episode was with four people and therefore went a little over time already, but it's definitely good, trust me. We don't know if there will be an episode 71 next week, so please bear with us if that is the case. It will hopefully only be a week before we can get back to usual creations. But okay, now, please enjoy this episode 70 of Double DM, how to create unique content. And with that, welcome back to the episode. We have our guests now with us, Tom and Bodhi from Homie and the Dude. So please introduce yourselves and your project. What's up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> What's poppin'? What's poppin'? <laughs> I'm Bodhi. Uh, I'm the son half of the, the father-son team, Homie and the Dude. I'm Tom. I am the father half of Homie and the Dude. Not sure whether we want to reveal whether I'm Homie or the Dude, but uh, probably not. No. <laughs> Keep people guessing. Keep you guessing. <laughs> Projects, what we do um we're we're a father and son team that have been doing this for almost two years now we originally came up with the concept of homie and the dude during the first uh, pandemic lockdown here in the uk and we decided you know we our relationship needed a bit of rekindling and wanted to like get closer as both friends and father and son and so we dove into making content creation together and you know it started with just a podcast and since then has evolved into you know going out and interviewing mma fighters after they win fights it's evolved into you know doing a ttrpg actual play it's evolved into many different things uh, over the time that we've done it and we have some super exciting stuff coming up as well that we've started you know dice making and uh, we're pushing forward with a couple of uh, kickstarter ideas that we're currently in the in the back works that we have a, a few things that we're hopefully going to be releasing in the latter half of this year basically but yeah that's that's kind of who we are and what we do at the moment but yeah we're we're, we're just honestly here to have a bit of fun, join the community, hopefully contribute a little bit to this amazing space that we're all in. And, you know, just honored to share it with you guys, to be honest with you, because I've been fans of your guys' show, <laughs> like, ever since we entered the community. I said to Tom, like, the moment we joined TTRPG, I was like, oh my god, we need to at some point talk to Double DM, because their videos are helping me learn so much about being a dungeon master. And, you know, I, I had only just stepped into the role when we did, so I was just exhilarated to get a chance to talk to Emil when we did, and to converse with you guys over Twitter and whatnot. It's truly been 
been a, a pleasure to you know share the space with you both and <laughs> super glad to be here today yeah very much so yeah the only thing i would add to that is our original idea there's just no way we could have gotten to where we are right now two years ago and just been like okay that's that's the place we're going to head to it's been a completely organic path that has had some you know signals green light red light yellow light signals to go forward with certain things to kill certain things to continue to explore certain things and that's kind of how we've gotten to where we are it has not been i don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate but there hasn't been a lot of strategy behind it it's just been just kind of stumbling through and just kind of listening to what we're passionate just about just two blind guys fumbling around in the dark for a light switch is what it feels like it's uh, it's not been great but yeah it's uh, we're, we're getting there we're getting there i mean yeah the other, the other side to it is we we truly love that we have eliminated some things that we actually liked but have narrowed down to the things that we love and we keep doing that and uh, so where we'll be in a year who knows but we, what we do know is we're trying to stay true to what we're passionate with i relate to that so much right Niels and i talked in the beginning of double dm about creating streams about creating supplements or whatever and now we said okay no podcasts work perfectly fine for us let's do an actual play podcast not a stream not release any any setting books just yet maybe in the future maybe not we're figuring it out as we go but i relate to that so much right just figuring out where you're going right as you're going it's everyone starts at this point probably we're all at the beginning of of, of great journeys in content creation so you guys have a very interesting mix of content it's a nice way of putting it in there it's a really interesting mix in my opinion <laughs> mma and dnd &D, or even ttrpg in general yeah Th that's something you don't see every day but it seems to be working great for you guys i have to say that um so how has that felt mixing these two worlds to combine your own brand project creations whatever you want to call it abrasive <laughs> um, no it's uh, honestly uh, first of all i just want to say shout out to the titan call arc isn't it is that where you is that your guys actual play that you guys are coming with is it did i get that yeah. right plan core yeah. hyped for that to, to answer your question it's been it's been a hard one because they are such different realms of existence you know with mma it's a violent blood sport that is you know not something that they want their kids watching and not something that you know they they're checking out themselves and stuff like that and then with ttrpg uh you know i'm sure you guys will have noticed when you get into space it's very soft everyone's very supportive everyone's very loving and caring and um the the both the audiences and the communities are vastly different the mma community is so like harsh and like just rude and just not like not a super nice space to be in where the the ttrpg space is just lovely it's it's so warm and just nice and so combining the two was something that I mean, Tom and I have been watching mixed martial arts since I was maybe 10 years old. And I used to compete in a lot of martial arts when I was a kid as well. And Tom has done martial arts. And so it's been a big part of like our lives since like I was five years old, basically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been watching Kung Fu movies like when we lived in Spain and we didn't have a TV and stuff, we'd go get, you know, like bootleg versions of like Ong Bak and, you know, like uh, Kung Fu Hustle and like, <laughs> you know, all these Kung Fu movies and, you know, old Jack 
Jackie Chan's. It, it's stuff that we've been, you know, watching for a very long time. So MMA felt very natural to us. We kind of, when we decided to do our, our live stream, which we do during um, UFC events, where we basically provide no bullshit commentary for people because the UFC commentators are just fucking shit. And we basically give you guys some good commentary with the knowledge that we've accrued over, you know, nearly 15 years of watching the sport and learning stuff and participating in a lot of the martial arts that are done in mixed martial arts. So it felt really easy because we stay up late and watch those events anyway. So we were like, what harm is it to flick on a camera, strap some mics on and just continue talking the same shit we do when we're just sat watching it ourselves <laughs> and have people, you know, come along for the journey. And then I think- Talk with shit with us. Yeah, talk shit with us, share opinions, all that kind of stuff. And I think then with, with TTRPGs, we, it, was, it was actually a combination of both of us. I saw like a bit of D&D &D stuff and then Tom kind of went and did a bit of his own research and found Acquisitions Incorporated and saw some of their live shows um, that they were doing at PAX and stuff. And he, you like messaged me almost instantly and were like, gotta but you've got to see this. This is like crazy. These guys are in full cosplay. They're fucking hilarious. You know, they're a bunch of old dudes on a fucking stage just having a great time full improv just like yeah. in the mo it was brilliant just brilliant yeah performance it just blew us away and i think i went from watching node who are like a subsection of corridor digital doing their um dnd stuff which was a bit more ropey to them watching acquisitions which was just like mind-blowing and i was just like holy shit we need to do that i was mm. like even if we don't like record anything or anything we need to just play and mm. just have a great time so i got the starter set as many people do, you know, Lost Minds of Fandelver and began reading the basic rules that come with it and just kind of dove into that. And we played the first session and I railroaded the fuck out of us. And <laughs> um, it, was a, it was an absolute shit show mess, as <laughs> many DMs kind of do. But we realized very early on that one thing I was good at and one thing Tom was really good at was Tom's role play is exceptional, possibly some of the best I've ever heard, in my opinion, in the TTRPG community. And both of us, because of our combat background, were able to really make combat interesting, fun, descriptive, graphic, gory, you know, all the kinds of things that we love watching, you know, MMA and all those movies for all these years, we were like, oh, wow, like I can describe, you know, an arrow ripping through someone's head and bits of skull like rupting out the back of their head as it hits the back wall. And, you know, like we, mm. we really found a passion within our combat descriptions and what we were doing with combat. And I think that was the moment we were like, oh, shit, we can maybe combine these two worlds and, and go down that kind of path i'd say that's pretty much how we got to combine the two is there anything i missed do you think no i think i'm, I'm glad you answered <laughs> that by the way and i didn't <laughs> my, my answer would have been a lot less quality no i think i mean to your point like when i think of mma and ttrpg we are continuing constantly to think about it almost like a venn diagram so yeah. a big circle with mma it's a big circle with ttrpg and the cross section between the two for us currently, we're trying to decide or understand how big that mm -hmm. overlap is and then trying to figure out how to access that overlap, you know, either through traditional social media means or to invite one audience to the other or, or the other audience to that, mm -hmm. you know, so we're, we're continually trying to figure out because they're very different, as Bodhi said. So that's a big part of our challenge going forward um and i feel like we're understanding it a little bit more uh that's why we released you know our unarmed combat evolved supplements for dnd so that people can you know do like some basic stuff we've released you know version one and version two of that 
Um, currently, we're working on a um, mixed martial arts class for for D and D Five E, which we will most likely be releasing as like a small Kickstarter. It's going to have you know a bunch of different subclasses and probably a. I imagine a hundred or so different techniques that are kind of like spells that you can do as a mixed martial artist and you know all this kind of stuff that we've been we've been really working on it behind closed doors at the moment but that we're really excited about we feel like you know it will bridge that gap and you know maybe we can run some streams and bits and bobs you know with a with maybe a, a group of mixed martial arts class players you know and things like that um so I don't know yeah we're, we're getting there though yeah nice nice I definitely shortly want to go on your combat points you made right yeah. because often when you talk to people right i often see the take on twitter for example combat can be the is, is the most boring pillar of D, &D. Mm. and i agree to the extent that it can be the most easiest boring mm -hmm. it's very easy to make combat boring if you not try mm -hmm. but i think when when i was on your guys' show we talked about that a bit but i mm. also want to just hear from you guys again how do you make combat so interesting you 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 guys make it descriptive but is there anything else that formula for you as well what makes combat so interesting that's a fucking great question <laughs> uh, do you know actually it's something one of the things that i have now implemented whenever i play a meal that you talked about on our podcast which i think was just like absolute dynamite advice was talking about every turn movement because you know something that bothers me and it was bothering me is you know you have like three or four players clustered around you know let's let's say a dragon because we're talking about dungeons and dragons let's say a big ass fucking dragon and you have four players you know flanking this dragon and they all just kind of stand there like ah hit oh next turn ah hit and it's like that's not realistic you wouldn't be doing that things would be moving people would be turning and for me like even like without you know moving out of threatening space and taking an attack of opportunity you know just shifting around that threatening space each turn just adds a small amount of dynamicism to what you're doing and can really like instead of like you know being like oh i step back out and you know you get an attack of opportunity i'm actually just going to move around a square to your right and now i'm coming at you from the side you know that kind of thing i think really really evolved my like mm -hmm. um my movement and stuff in combat but for me i think thinking about realism is something that i often put in there because you know in D, &D it's so whimsical and it's fireball exploding and you know and it's you know shooting this and that and it, it can be a bit whimsical and so for me i think grounding some of that in realism and being like cool if i swing my mole and like hit in an upward swing how does how is that going to affect that creature is that going to you know do this or that and especially as a dungeon master for me like you know i we in episode four of our actual play there's a really nice moment where um r, &R played by uh sam comerford role-playing and role-playing amazing amazing cast member absolutely incredible um basically smashes his mole down on the hand of uh, of a deep gnome who sat at a table and in my head i'm like you know we could just play the normal boring dnd oh he takes damage okay cool but for me i'm like that's not how that works his hand is now just rubble he's got basically a glove filled with like crushed bones that is limp attached to his arm basically and so i'm like you know you've completely disabled one of his arms and it's now just completely fucked up and it's almost like flat on the table because of what you've done and that's kind of something that i really do and i, I break the DD rules massively by adding you know damage effects you know i'll have you know if a lightning bolt shoots off and it hits a back wall bits of rock will erupt from the wall and hit everyone in the room, you know, and, and, and things like that. I try and really just, you know, add that extra bit of gusto. But 
I think also, I mean, for you, something Tom is amazing at that I love when Tom does in combat is he is the greatest assist man in all of history. Like, there's never been anyone better that's like, yo, I'm going to set up my shield and, like, come, whoa, jump off me. Like, ugh, like that kind of thing. And I think, you know, teamwork, building, like, almost, um, you know, people combining spells is, like, a, a common one that people think about. But, you know, adding, you know, combinations of melee of, like, cool, you know, I'm going to hit him here and that's going to turn him towards you. Now your turn, you fucking hit him back towards me and we'll just, like, pass him back and forth, you know, that kind of stuff. It's like uh, Gimli asking um, to be put on the shoulders of... Uh, uh, no, it's what he's asking to... Talk to me, talk to me, but don't tell me off. That's exactly what it is. You yeah, know? And yeah. you, you're always looking to, you know, give someone else an amazing moment. And I think that has really elevated combat for new players, people that don't know what they're doing and things like that. I would also just add, uh, I think role play can be really important during combat. And I try to role play every time it's my turn. So interacting. A line, uh, of, a line of dialogue or something. Definitely a line of dialogue, whether it's to the creature I'm up against or to someone else on the team. And the other thing that's important for me is I'm not always in the mindset where I want to win. I want to just kind of I, like, I want to let oh, my yeah. creativity do whatever it does. And sometimes it just does stupid shit, you know, <laughs> like it just does. And sometimes, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not mini maxing to try to, you know, to try to be the biggest, baddest dude in this combat. I just want to kind of, you know, be part of the team and whatever my character does as part of the team, sometimes it fails miserably. Mm. Um, in doing so, it adds a little bit of comedy to that combat or, you know, it, it needs some help in that combat. And all these types of things, I think, add some color that completely, you know, lift what is and ca what can be and oftentimes it is pretty, pretty dry. Your answer is so much better than mine. That's why this is what I'm talking about. Tell me to kick ass at this stuff. Like, one of, again, another favorite moment from episode four of our stream is everyone's in combat. Tom's character is at the back. And because he's playing a turtle, he literally just shells up and starts panic whistling and doesn't do anything for the entire combat. He literally <laughs> just shells up and just starts panic whistling because his character is a bit afraid and a little bit naive and stuff. And this is his first like major combat. So you literally just backed out of combat entirely. And though it didn't like do anything massive to combat, everyone was like, yeah, it's, that checks out. Everyone yeah. was like, yeah, that, that makes total sense. And it added a moment where, you know, one of the characters had to come back and kind of like try and inspire you to get involved and, yeah. you know, added a bit of dynamics. So yeah, I fully agree with what you said yeah we had one that um it was in the lost minds of Fandelver. or no yeah. no it was in it was in our homebrew our first run of our homebrew and yeah. we were down in the caves and there was at that time there was giant rats down there do you yeah. remember yes I and do. um there was a giant rat that one of our fellow pcs was contending oh, that with was one of my favorites i completely forgot yeah and i basically i was playing a dwarf at the time and i just said pick me up and swing me like a baseball bat and that's what and that's what he did and so and there was a gap in so we, we play up in the sky and so there's a gap in this underground part of the of the island that um if he did it right if he did it just right he would hit one of these giant rats into the gap and it so happens he rolled perfectly he rolled like a 19 or something it was, it was gorgeous just, it was just perfect <laughs> that rat straight down the crevasse i think I, I took some damage as well yeah, you took a little bit of damage but it was uh, it was such a great moment yeah so things like that.
for sure. I love that. I really love that answer of including role play, team play, uh, dynamics, as I said on your shows, but again, hammering that home, even if it's just one space, even you're not going out of range just for taking mm. opportunities, just, just moving that one space. It doesn't matter if you just want to hit, you don't need your movement anyway this round. Just use it to walk around the creature to enable that realism of walking. Yeah. Yeah. And so letting your creativity point. flow to create stupid stuff, but that might work, but might not work can lead to so, uh, such great interesting moments because if it works it's awesome and just straight out amazing but if it didn't yeah. uh, doesn't work it's just an amazingly fun experience because everything goes to shit after that <laughs> you're not wrong dude you're not <laughs> wrong now you know we had we had one where I don't even remember the reason why, but we were down in a cave again, and my character chose to throw a rock. Oh, it was because it was dark, and you used you were you were playing a wizard in this part, and you uh, you you used a light spell to to turn the rock into a light source, and you tried to hock it down a hallway to give you guys some light to give us some light to see where if any of the you know the the baddies were or whatever, and um, so it seemed like a pretty straightforward thing, but I threw the rock. And I rolled a crit fail. The action was the rock hit against the cave and then came back and hit me in the head. Next time around, everyone's doing other things. I'm like, I'm going to do it again. And they're like, really? You're going to throw that rock again? And I was like, yep, I'm going to throw it again. Threw it again and threw, like, I think I rolled like another a, crit. Another, <laughs> it was another flaw. It hit me again. And at some point, to your point, Niels, like, it was something that we still talk about. Like, because it was so stupid. And the team were just like, don't pick the rock up again. <laughs> they're like, please, don't pick the rock up again, Tom. I think I did three or four times. <laughs> It was great. But these are the types of things, to your point, Niels, like, of course, like, there's just traditional mm. outcomes from combat. You know, you're either, either going to kill or be killed and all that. But it's the stuff in the margins that is the memorable stuff that we're all looking for, that we're all hoping for. And if you cut that out completely by just, you know, especially the DM, if the DM is just marching through, you know, combat order and delivering very dry commentary on the results of it, then it, it does miss some of the, you know, the more memorable stuff for sure. Yeah. And you know what? As, as much as I hate to be this guy, because you know what? Like, I, I see so much hate for critical role online and I, I see so much you know like negativity about critical role and don't get me wrong i am not the biggest critical role fan i can you know for for their new season i got through like four episodes and then was like i can't keep up with this shit i'm i'm tapping out but you know for me something that i love that matt mercer does is you know the you know how do you want to do this you know and offering it to the players instead of you know forcing his his idea of what happens you know upon them and i really really love that and something that i talk to my players about very early on and typically in my session zero is I go do you want to describe your combat shit or do you want me to describe your combat shit because I'm happy for you to be like you know I bop him do you know x amount of damage you know this is what I want to do and I'd be like okay well that sends him flying you know that kind of thing and you know that that, that collaboration of allowing your players to decide you know how that goes often surprises me more as a dungeon master than almost anything else like you know moments where you know a player is finishing off the last NPC or you know enemy in a in a combat you know and they get an opportunity to describe what that's like or one of the bigger ones you know often I'm like oh shit I didn't even think about you doing that yeah. that's really cool like I, that's that's out of even my realm of you know you know contemplation and often it comes from and I'll be 100% honest Tom and I like I said have a lot of combat experience but some of the greatest descriptions I've heard come from people who have no fucking idea about combat whatsoever so they are pure like 
pure creatively coming from like a place of naivety and giving like what they kind of can imagine and picture with their creativity and often those ones are some of my favorites as well yeah. you know hearing my mum tracy who plays in our actual play stream it's a family affair guys <laughs> she honestly is like awesome with her combat and she her descriptions are great she always blows me away with her yeah. descriptions and she knows fuck all about combat she's a chef she knows she knows how to whip up a souffle but she doesn't know <laughs> shit about how to throw a jab you know and and yet her combat descriptions are ace they're fucking awesome i think just just to put a final on that one um i think as a dm it's important to not get it wrong as far as who's going to describe the combat because if you say how do you want to do it if you do a map mercer with someone that's really uncomfortable with that you get a really awkward frozen moment where you can see that person is seizing up and they just don't want to they, they don't want it, the, the light to be sh shown on them at that moment so communicate with your players talk yeah. about it with them understand you know their level of comfortability and I actually posted a tweet about this the other day get feedback like as a, as a dm core rule for me i ask for feedback at the end of every freaking session tom and i do a debrief at the end of every freaking session typically ryan one of my best friends who plays in almost all of our games i ask him for a debrief mm -hmm. and you know we we always try and like just understand what we could get better at what i did wrong whether someone was uncomfortable in this moment whether they were comfortable whether they loved something or they disliked something and it allows you as a dm to one improve two adjust three you know make your style more refined and four you know support the fun of the table you know if your players aren't happy there is no fun there is no game you know if you don't have first of all one if there's no fun it sucks two if you don't have players at your table because they're not enjoying it then you as a dungeon master might as well shove your story up your ass because you got fucking nothing then you know without your players you are actually nothing as mm. a dungeon master you know yeah and that's that's just what it is so you need to have that constant communication so that things like describing combat aren't beats that are missed but instead beats that are hit consistently yeah. by the right person yeah exactly and you touched on your actual play show quite a lot please expand on that more tell our audience what is this actual play show about? How does it work? Everything about it. Okay. How, um, how much time do you guys got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the, so the, the answer to that is the moment we started playing Lost Minds of Fandelver, I was like, wow, this is very cool. But as someone who is exceedingly dyslexic, you know, reading and remembering someone else's campaign was not working for me. I was fumbling through interactions because I wanted to stick to what the, the book had told me to do. I was then also trying to improvise because that's what everyone else was telling me to do, you know, in the world of TTRPG. I just realized that running pre-written campaigns was not for me. I, I just couldn't do it. And so after Lost Minds, we finished that and I said to Tom, right, I'm going to write a homebrew. And I originally decided, cool, we're going to do a standard D&D campaign, you know, a couple of continents and we'll have, you know, and I originally was like, and there'll be a church that is trying to take over the land and they've influenced the mightiest of kings at the time. And they're like, Game of Thrones politics was kind of the, the, the route that I was going down. And the day before Tom and I started writing, I went to bed and I woke up at three in the morning with some weird revelation. And I was like, holy shit, floating islands. I was like, fuck like normal D&D, avatar floating islands. I was like, that's what I fucking want to do. And so I literally came to Tom the next day. I was like, scrap everything we've talked about. We're going to start with this and we're going to go down this route. And so what was born was Pangea. And Pangea is made up of 
two places, the, the Land Realm and the Sky Realm, that basically were separated during uh, the Great Split, um, a feud between gods that ended with the All Father dividing the world and ripping chunks of matter from the, the planet below into the sky above to separate his two children. Thus, the Sky Realm was really born, and that's kind of where we are now. So our actual play is called the Sky Realm, and it's basically set in a land of floating islands, thousands of feet uh, above the land below separated by a torrential layer of storm clouds that is impenetrable. Basically, what we have going on up here is a struggle for life, basically, is uh, because of the altitude that is going on, there's not much water up here. There's not many clouds above the cloud layer, so there's not much water for people to grow things, to live, to exist, to uh, cultivate land and, and have animals and so on and so forth. As the years have gone on, it started as a utopia, but as years have gone on, the struggle for survival has become a real thing. Um, and through power gems that have been found and things like that, people have begun making big political movements and using wealth that they had from before the Great Split to influence the world and, and, and make decisions. So basically, without giving too much away, there's a group of Imperials who are kind of running shit at the moment um, amongst many other factions. They're very oppressive, they are not good people, and they basically are just trying to use the fact that people are struggling for war to their advantage and to control the, the land. And so our players are a group of ragtag adventurers that have met um, on an island and have just in, in episode 5 that will be released, no, sorry, episode 6, my apologies, episode 6, um, which hasn't been released, episode 5 is coming out this week, episode 6 is coming out next week, in episode 6 they get their first kind of big, you know, draw together and, and, and movement towards, you know, being a bigger part of this world and so on and so forth, but yeah, just, just really excited, you know, we've got airships going around, we've got freaking, you know, a, a bunch of, uh, I, I typically say I'm medium fantasy, I, I, I don't, I, I struggle with like multiverse theory shit, because it, it kind of blows my mind a little bit too much, um, so I try and keep it medium fantasy, you know, a lot of stuff is grounded within, uh, within the world that I've created and whatnot, um, gods are not super present, though, you know, they are available to players if need be and things like that but yeah it's it's something that you know i've been working on for a very long time and i'm very proud of you know the the space is very fun you know we found that through traveling between islands and discovering what's on different islands and finding out you know who's controlling what and you know having you know the the zodiac freebooter pirates you know coming in and causing chaos at all times and you know all that kind of shit constantly is a has been a real fun thing and we're now in like version three i guess of the world we've mm done a couple of homebrews uh, and, and sessions and campaigns for like a uh, family and things like that outside of the actual play and now the actual play is the most refined version of the world that I have basically and is is now uh and to be honest with you I'll be 100% honest with you it is though, though I say it's refined I'm still fucking creating shit as we go because for me as a dungeon master something that really hit and struck me hard a lot of people say this is you know and a, a lot of people will be like oh I'm gonna spend two years writing this amazing world and I'm gonna know every inch of the land and things like that i'm not like that I, i'm very much like you know if, if my players for example my mother when they went to the people's republic which is the biggest city in our in the sky she met an npc that her mother had known and they wanted to go for a coffee together in the morning and have a bit of a chat and just rekindle a relationship that she had had with this woman when she was much younger um and they were like uh she was like i want to go to a coffee shop what what coffee shops are there in midtown i was like um okay let me let me think what type of coffee shop are you looking what type of thing would you go to what's what's your kind of flavor and she was like ah definitely something moroccan and you know a little bit more like in 
interesting, you know, things with maybe some hummus and flatbreads and stuff. I was like, amazing. So you're going to go to the Tasty Tagine. Um, I completely pulled that out of my ass in the moment and was like, you're going to the Tasty Tagine. It's a beautiful Moroccan cafe that has, you know, cushions on the floor, low tables, hanging drapes, hookah smoke kind of filling the air and, you know, beautiful scents all around you, spices everywhere. And for me, that's the beauty of being a dungeon master is letting my players be like, I want to go to the library and me being like, cool, there's an imperial library now because you've chosen to go to the library and, you know, that's how we're going to go about this. And, you know, I'll build it as we go in a lot of cases. Don't get me wrong, I have a large proportion of the world built this time, but anything that they want to add in, for example, um, you know, if they want to add in a drink, you know, for example, that I didn't know existed in the world, uh, like cranberry juice. I never expected anyone in my world to order a cranberry juice. And then, so now we have Ocean Rayward cranberry juice in our world, um, <laughs> which was a, a Sam Comerford joke that is now uh, canon, I guess, as you can call it, um, and, and, and things like that. So yeah, very much important that uh, I, f I feel like the world grows with my players. And I, I try and very much implement that every time I run the campaign. I think the only other thing I would add is everything that you've seen us post, anything that you've seen us post. Every character, every, every unarmed DLT. combat thing, anything, yeah, anything we've posted exists, is in the world. Exists in that world. So all of our NPCs, all of the, you know, the different bits and pieces of content that we have, we've got maps, um, airships, all of that, that is going to be sort of following, trailing the NPCs, but we've got 40 NPCs that are that have been posted, um, and those exist in different parts of the world as well. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's all coming together, and the content, We I didn't think through it that way, but we had a conversation yesterday, and just the amount, the volume of content that we have right now is uh pretty exciting yeah it's unbelievable it's it's yeah it's pretty it's pretty pretty gnarly in terms of what we've what we've grown to at this point and i think you know um something else that's super important to mention is you know though it's an actual play stream it is super explicit we do cuss a lot and there's a lot of gore and things like that but also it's a family affair my father plays my fucking mother plays my best friend who literally lived with our family we basically like adopted him he plays with us as well so it is very much a family affair you know if, if people People want to see, you know, what a family are like playing D&D. That is exactly what this is. You know, we we bring that, you know, love and relationship that we all have together to the table. And it's awesome. And don't get me wrong, we have amazing cast members as well, like Amber the Space Jamber, you know, Sam Comerford, Blake Francis, you know, these amazing role players that have come to join us on this journey as well, who are just incredible friends, as well as also amazing creators and cast members. But like a, a big part of it is that this is a family thing. You know, mm -hmm. we, we don't know many other streams out there that are bringing in their fucking mum uh, to come and, to come and play D&D &D with them and shit. And uh, I'll be honest with you, fucking Tracy raises the bar. Yeah. She raises the bar. Like I, I, I was blown away with with T stepping into stealth oh, just bomber. Stealth, uh, stealth bomber. Indeed, <laughs> she, she raised the bar hard style. Some of her moments, like alone as her character describing what's going on in the head of her character. Like there was one in episode I think seven. Literally all of us. She described like this moment where a character is like sat on the bed and is like thinking about her past, uh, their past and stuff, and is like in this introspective moment. Stops describing it, and all of us were like, "What the fuck?" We were all like. Jesus Christ, Tracy. <laughs> everyone was like, damn. We were all, everyone took a second and like out of character was like, damn, T, like what the fuck? You know, and that's just something we're, we're super proud of. And as, as a son to see my parents like, fucking step up to the plate is unbelievable it's so inspiring mm. it like blows me away like i want to make this amazing for both them to experience and because they're you know giving me so much on their end as well hot take here right i it. believe that every actual 
play that is great and not just yeah. good has something completely special about them. Something that yeah. not many or none other do. Mm -hmm. uh, some examples include, for example, Roll for Romance, um, yeah. because their show is all about romance. Their show is mm -hmm. all about uh, five friends, 30, 40, 20, and mm -hmm. that's something you don't get everywhere. Yeah, that's very unique to them. And that's why I love their show. Mm -hmm. And the same thing goes for your guys' show. First of all, the world is something you don't see every day. Sky realms, sky ships and floating islands. I, I don't think I've ever seen an actual play that does that before you guys. So mm -hmm. that already is something that is perfect. And again, the family thing. The table synergy for you guys is incredible. It's off the charts, really. There, there are a few actual play podcasts, in my opinion, that I've listened to that have such a good table chemistry as you guys have. Even with the cast members that are overseas for you guys. Mm. There's a table chemistry that uh, that's incredible. Mm. I, and dude, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> table chemistry comes from comfort and fun together, right? And that's mm. what you guys said before, right? You need to make your players comfortable. They need to have fun. You need mm. to communicate. And if you don't do that, you won't have a table for long. Yeah. And you guys do that because it's it's very clear to see that you guys do that. Mm. Because in how these players that are overseas for you or your family at home uh, in the room with you because you play so well together. Mm -hmm. And that's something you don't see every day. I see, I see a lot of tables where there's some awkward silence. There's some where it feels awkward to talk, where they where the characters talk to each other. That doesn't happen with you guys, except when it's intended in role play, but not as players at the table. Yeah, and that's very important because that's what D and D is all about, right? It's about mm -hmm. playing a game of fun together, of make believe together. Mm -hmm. If you're not having fun together, if you're not all comfortable with each other, the game doesn't exist for you anymore. And that yeah. should also be the same thing for actual plays, which it is in your case. But okay, <laughs> I have uh, a question about generally just producing this show. Because yeah. as Nils and I have also been starting to produce an actual play and have been playing and making yeah. trailers, artwork and all of that stuff, producing such a show is not easy. Yeah. It's it's not not an easy task, but you guys seem to do a great job of it, at least, at least from what I can see. But especially I want to ask, what was the most helpful thing you learned in the process of producing the show that you might want to give back to other people that are also looking to create such a show? What is one big piece of advice you learned? Wow, that's that's a really good question. Wow, these are great questions. Holy shit. So um, first of all, I want to address just quickly, you talking about synergy. You know, Tom and I have played before with Blake and he... We knew from the moment we started playing with Blake in a, uh, we played in Underground Oracle, uh, a, a playtest game that they did with Blake, and he was exceptional. We got along with Blake like a house on fire. Um, Sam Comerford and Amber, we both had on our podcast, and with Amber, we ended the show in tears. All of us were crying at the end of the show, just like completely emotional, just connected in a way that we weren't expecting. Mm. Same with Sam, like we ended the show and Sam was like, holy shit, I am on a wavelength with you guys. We were like, dude, we love you. Like there's something here. We need to do something. And I think, you know, that's a big reason why the overseas stuff really, really works. And, you know, is why a lot of that synergy exists is because there was pre-built relationships already there. And, you know, we've all, we've also just started, you know, or instead of just organizing, cool, we're going to meet for a D&D session, we're now organizing group hangouts where we all hop online and we just have 30 minutes to be like, hey, how's your fucking 
week going? How's your life going? You know, just be friends more than we are fucking colleagues, you know, because we feel like, like you said, that synergy. We know, you know, you watch Dimension 20. There's a reason you go back to watch the OG cast of Dimension 20 and why some of the newer shows don't do as well because you need Emily Axford, Brian Murphy, Lou Wilson, you know, uh, Siobhan, you know, you need Ali Beardsley, all of them together to really create that synergy. Same with Critical Role, same with, you know, all, all the other like uh, high rollers, you know, all of those fucking Viva La Dirt League, like all of them have this relationship, this friendship before they come into doing this. And that's what gives you that like big synergy, I would say. In terms of production, dude, talking about production, we started this whole thing with desk lamps, like to understand like where we came from. Like we started with a webcam attached to a tripod that is fucking broken. <laughs> um, with desk lamps set up on like various things that we could prop them up on and like it was a shit show you know when we first started this whole thing and I think the biggest thing that uh, fuck for, for the actual play I would say the biggest thing that we learned the biggest advice I would give would be backups upon backups would be my advice like I, it's not something that we were told it's something that we've learned hard style from audio cutting out and we don't know why and bits chunks of audio disappearing and just technology failing us you know tom's computer crashing halfway through a session um you know sam comerford's internet dropping out you know here or there fucking backups upon backups when you are recording we have so we record on discord and we use the craig bot we then also use the backup craig bot which is craig backwards garrick or whatever the how the fuck you pronounce it i then also record locally on my computer we then also have our our actual like uh, lav microphones that we have have external recording as well so we record all of that we also get all of our players that are uh, abroad to record it on audacity individually as well so 100 even if we lose the video even if and we only record one video this is super important to remember as well i only record one video through streamlabs obs um if we lose the video we have 30 different backups you know for audio if we don't lose a video and we lose someone's audio or someone cuts out and we lose a chunk of audio we have backups that we can slot in and replace and do that and i would say for me that's been the biggest like help is make sure you have backups because there is nothing fucking worse than getting to the editing studio knowing that you had a great fucking session knowing that it was amazing and you go you're listening through you're doing you know your first pass of listening through making all your notes ready for when you're going to cut shit out add music in add picture in picture change formats whatever the fuck you guys are doing on your end and but for for us on our end and realizing that there is a chunk of audio where i'm describing an npc that is fucking missing and being like holy fuck and we like th this happened in episode two we weren't doing backups at this point i describe Ulfer, one of the most important npcs in in these first couple episodes and uh the audio cut out and i had to literally go back in post record myself again and basically we had to put a like a picture up so you couldn't see my fucking mouth moving at a different time to what i'm actually saying and i had to basically do a voiceover of this moment where i describe Ulfer because we had lost that audio yeah. so for me, I would say backups upon backups upon backups is my biggest advice. I think we're learning. We're continuing yeah. to learn. So yeah. right now, like our editing guru. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I think it's it's like we have to understand. I think the, as a an actual play or a live stream, 
you have to understand that this is for an audience and what is going to engage that audience best. And so there are times during your campaign where it's not, you know, it's not a movie where it's been highly scripted and there's, you know, it's going from beat to beat to beat to beat. And so there's times during a campaign that, that not a lot is going on. How do you keep the audience engaged? You can do it either through music, you can do it through graphics. So there's there's different ways. And we're learning this as we go. And I think, you know, our 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 last edit was our best edit. Our next edit is going to be our best edit. And it's just agree. continuing yeah. doing that. And I think, you know, if we look back at our first edit already, we're like, oh, my God. Like, there's, that was there's, fucking there's disgusting. There's a lot of stuff yeah. that we can make better. And just that's, like, that's the process. Yeah. yeah, you're just like, episode one is a mess. And furthermore, as well, like, we've changed our set. Like, you know, every t- almost every time we do a new session, like, we, we started with me with a green screen behind me. And these guys, you know, on, on, on the shark wall in the flat. And we were like, oh, that looks like fucking crap. We need to change that. So we put the green screen behind them and put me with this back background and you know we, we've altered the lighting setup and the microphone setup yeah. and we've altered you know oh now that these guys can see me on a tv screen and they can see everyone else on a tv screen but that tv screen is lowered so that i can actually look over the tv screen and look at them and at the camera so that i'm not looking down at my fucking computer the whole time where i had everyone before and it's it's making my micro adjustments it's going you know it's i guess not settling as yeah. well it's something that tom and i i think and, and our fucking team hate us for this like i know i i know we'll, we'll, if if becky ever listens to this episode she she will she will 100 know that i'm talking about her she hates the fact that tom and i are perfectionists she hates the fact that we strive for better 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 constantly because we want it to just keep getting better and so we are constantly pushing our editor becky who is by the way a fucking saint and works her absolute ass off day in and day out to produce this you know this stream for us in a way that you know suits what we do um, in a way that I'm happy with that Tom's happy with and you know we, we're constantly pushing her and pushing the boundaries of what she's capable with with her editing and you know especially you know with music and stuff like she's exceptional with sound effects and music and it's something that you know we're unlocking for her more and giving her more freedom to just go and do her own thing and find you know effects and things you know to, to, to really elevate moments where you know I, I will as a DM be like you know oh and he throws punches that hit a wall you know kind of thing which is you know it's great coming from my mouth but it's so much better when becky puts you know a rock crumbling sound effect on top of that you know and it really you know accentuates that moment Mm. and you know i personally think you know it's thinking about what resources you have available to you maximizing those resources and then going cool every episode be critical get feedback get feedback again you know get feedback and think about what you can improve think about what you can alter think about what you can do better and, and that's kind of my main advice from backups fucking yeah. backups always backups <laughs> constantly backups is, is is my main one no but i agree so much right i we're recording with zencaster here but mm. i have two different backups working right now that are recording my screen and the audio and then recording the audio again that i'm hearing and making myself so if all three of those fail then okay i admit defeat (laughs) exactly (laughs) then technology has bested me and uh, i can throw my hands up and say well that didn't work no (laughs) but body i have a question for you as you are the gm for your actual play yeah and you guys created the world together but what has been the most 
important part you paid attention to when creating a world for this actual play? Or is there something that you would realize that for this actual play, this world needs to have this or needs to be this or do this for us? Is there something like that? That's a great question. You guys are nailing it with these questions today, guys. You, <laughs> this, by the way, this, this is a great show. You guys are fucking awesome. You guys are absolutely killing this. This is amazing. To answer your question, so though Tom and I started writing the world together, I have actually strayed away from telling Tom a lot of what is in this world because as a player he needs to be fresh just like anyone else at the table he can't be expecting things he can't be you know waiting for something to happen he needs to be fresh just like everyone else because there's times where you know accidental metagaming will happen it, even if you don't want it to it will just happen based on you know the fact that we're humans and we we subconsciously do things without thinking about it and um so The answer is, um, I, I've, I've actually been writing the world now with uh, someone called Tony. Tony is, uh, I'm not sure if you guys know him, is NPC Encyclopedia on, uh, on Twitter. Um, he is pretty much my full-time writing partner at this point, me and him at least once a week to write. And I, I'll tease a little, uh, a little something. While I'm doing the, la uh, the Sky Realm, Tony is currently creating the Land Realm. And he will be running the Land Realm actual play stream um, within the next year. Tony will be, uh, will be running that actual play stream as well on homie and the dude and i will and i will be a player i won't be a gm i'll be a player for that i have i like know a little bit about that world but again he keeps you know portions of it quiet so that i uh again fresh things that this world needed for the actual play stuff that i was like in needs for the actual play dude it's such a hard question it's such a such a difficult one that i've asked myself and i constantly ask myself like i think my answer is the answer is no i didn't prep anything specifically for the live stream i wasn't like you know this needs to be in here for an actual play what i'm realizing though more as we go along is movement keeping the ball moving is my almost my job as well as the players and thus you know providing interesting moments and you know for example in uh in episode five there's there's a there's a episode five is basically a a tavern scene where our players um no episode five god damn it episode seven god i'm getting my numbers mixed up <laughs> sorry episode seven is a, is a is a tavern bit where our players are celebrating uh, an accomplishment that they've had and you know it could have just been a bit of role play where you know they get drunk and you know a bit of role play like that and you know we end the night and they wake up the next day instead you know i was like cool how can i make a celebration fun oh we'll add in some some bar games we'll add in some drinking games we'll add in you know a bit of this we'll add in a bit of that and i tried to make it as well so that it wasn't like cool we're just gonna move like let you guys role play all the way through i made it a bit of a montage so we cut from one game where they're you know doing like my version of poker fool's paradise and then we cut to them doing a drinking game a couple hours later and they're all a little bit more tipsy and a little bit more drunken so as a dm i think the thing that i have tried to now do is movement is is understanding you know that the ball needs to keep rolling to maintain entertainment like tom said you know there's moments where it lulls and moments where it peaks and i think in the moments where it lulls it's my job as a dm to maintain a decorum of entertaining plot uh, in in those moments as well as also obviously the players you know do an amazing job of just turning any quiet moment into fun you know i would so i think the other thing that is really important in this particular campaign is the backstories that have been developed are really i think fundamental because everyone has their own need to proceed in a certain direction and how that unfolds we don't know but if you have deep and rich backstories then that adds a realism 
that isn't, you know, just surface level, okay, what's the next uh, mission, so to speak, because those missions can be complicated by interactions with NPCs that have particular relationships or certain discoveries or these types of things. That, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking about this in terms of... I also lied. I, I did think of something that I did write in specifically for the actual play that is part of it. I'll come back to that. Finish your point. Yeah, right. like it's almost like watching a movie, right? You, you know, it's... Why do you, why are certain movies so much more memorable? For me personally, there is something about the depth of character that is so believable that it's memorable, right? It's somehow it resonates with you deeply and, or it's a story or that type of thing. That's my personal joy in watching uh, movies. And so I think you have a lot of that in there and that are our backstories. Um, and I've, I've interwoven your guys' backstories massively. Like everyone wrote backstories and was like, this is kind of what I want to do. And I gave them a bunch of lore and things. And, you know, I've, I've tried really hard to make sure that I'm going to include at least 80 to 70% of the NPCs that everyone has written about in their backstory. You know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, throw, you know, curveballs out there. You know, what's going on with Tom's, Tom's Uncle Ace? You know, what's, you know, what happened to Ethan Pabe? You know, Amber's, you know, partners you know and this guy said and i'm hoping you know to, that those stories will unfold and that not only will we have my fucking story that exists but also everyone individual stories that's existing to answer your actual question i lied earlier i totally did write something for the actual play <laughs> that i have now very much included so basically the the core plot that i had written for this homebrew originally involved well, I can't say too much, involved the players receiving an item that then was like a, a very big part of them like dealing with this almost like ring of power kind of item and like, ah, oh, how do we deal with this? And what I've done instead for the actual play is I've not given it to the players and I've put it into the world and it's more something that will be discovered as they kind of go. And I'm seeding a lot of my plot through dream sequences at the moment. Our first episode actually starts with a dream sequence where I monologue... Um, about the players having a dream sequence and then they all awake as they travel towards this kind of starting island where they all meet each other and since then um they have had um, another dream sequence that has come up and you know i've got i've got a backlog of dream sequences written out basically that just tease little bits of plot for them and you know and if if my players are listening if they're making notes if they're actually concentrating when i do these dream sequences they can start inferring a lot about how they need to deal with shit and how they need to approach some of the bigger issues in this world based on you know these these dream sequences centered around some npcs that exist within the world basically just thinking about it i think that is just a great way to introduce expo exposition into yeah. a story so instead of that's a really you know, good point we hate exposition and trying to trying to find ways to put exposition in without beating someone over the head with it is yeah. is really hard it's a nice it's a nice device to 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 sort of um add information about the world but not in a you know in a way that's obviously um, yeah, expository that, you know, you see it in movies as well, where, you know, that one character will say, and 30 years ago, when, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z, and the, it, the best one is in, uh, is in Batman, Dark Knight Rises, when, where he's like, oh, the clean slate, the tool of a master thief, it can wipe the slate clean for any master thief, and you're just like, 
Why are you like this? Is why are you explaining this? Yeah, exactly. Why are you beating me over the head with the explanation of this this clean slate, dude? Like, yeah. back off a little bit, you know? Yeah, I didn't think about that, but I think the dream sequences are are a great way to do that. And by the way, I am going to start listening and paying much more attention to the next dream sequence because it sounds like there's some important information in there that I've been completely ignoring. <laughs> some people are note takers, and some people are. I know, for example, my mom writes like religious notes. I actually typically, if I forget shit during a session, will be like, "T, do you remember what?" happen like in that last session can you remind me like because i know you have the notes for it can i can i like i know amber is a note taker as well i know sam takes a lot of notes as well so uh, i also know you blake and ryan don't take any notes really <laughs> so you know it, it, it's one of those ones where s certain players will start piecing things together and you know they will then share it with the group and then you all will be like oh fuck you know like <laughs> now i get it you know kind of thing and i think weirdly i I never expected to write dream sequences until Tony and I realized that my plot actually has two arcs. And that's when I started plotting these dream sequences in for our players, basically. And and, and that's where it kind of came to, basically. Nice. I love that. I sense that someone shares my love for foreshadowing with dreams. <laughs> because it's so amazing if, if, if you're dropping such a piece of information so early on and then five, six sessions, episodes later, you drop the next coin and everyone's like, okay, I don't understand that. Then you drop the next coin and they're like, Holy shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I, I, I love the dream sequence you did uh, in episode one, the monologue. It's, it's, it's opened up some mystery as well, right? It's yeah. Dreams are always about this mystery. In, 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 when you use it in D&D or TTRPG, it's always like this little bit of mystery, a little bit of, okay, what is happening? It's this question that drives you forward, which is yeah. very important for a character, in my opinion, to have that question. Why am I going forward? Why am I not just staying behind? Why, why do I have to leave my home and go on an adventure or whatever happens? right and with that dream sequence there's something there that is that driving question already uh, i actually started my last campaign that i started as well with a se uh, dream sequence because this is just such a great tool to get to uh, or force in quotation marks the characters to work together even though they are not knowing each other mm, yeah i slept in some kind of inn in the middle of nowhere basically and all had the same dream of mm. the returning of the ancient dragon god race whatever and then the world being destroyed by them or by mm. the returning of them and then they all wake up go to the next breakfast and see the uh, the people that they saw in their dream but mm. knowing not who they are or having never seen them in real life before and that's just gives some sort of mystery or some sort of foreshadowing vibes that isn't necessarily necessarily confirmed that this is going to happen but it could be happening mm -hmm. and this might force them or entice them to work together in some way shape or form in any capacity whatsoever and i really love like it. these tools yeah dude i i also love how you had you know uh, the the players see one another but not know each other it gives that first moment like uh, that first bit of dialogue that first the, and and you know what i'll throw this out there i would say the hardest fucking bit of every actual play is that first moment where you have a group of people who know fucking nothing about each other and giving them a reason to fucking chat mm. you know giving them a reason to to interact and you know what I'll hold my hand up. I'm not sure I did a great job. I'm not sure I did the best job with uh, with with this actual play. I, I like. I would say I could have done better. Is actually where I kind of feel I'm at at this point in time. But you know, as the story progresses, I know that our plot gets amazing. I know that what our players deal with in this world is awesome. I know who they interact with, and I know you know what kind of shit is coming. And also, all the shit that I don't know that's going to happen excites me as well. Mm. But 
I also know that like, yeah, that, that first bit, and I love how you did that by having them see each other because then it, it poses a question. Wait a second, I saw you last night. Can it, can it, like, come here, let me talk to you, you know? And, you know, I love that, Niels. I think that's such a, such a great way to do it. And, you know, one of my favorite things is I, I actually talked to one of our artists, shout out to Alex in, in Serbia, at uh, Art of Caustic on Instagram and Twitter, one of the best freaking artists in the world. He, he gave me some advice about how he does like his intros and, you know, he actually gets the players to describe how like someone walks in there. He's like, cool, how do you know this person? And, you know, forces it upon the players to make their, their connections in, in, in different ways. And I was like, wow, that's a really interesting way to do it. I love seeing how different GM styles exist exist and how you go about doing things. It's, it's super, super interesting to me. And I think, you know, it, it's, it's a reason why, you know, I am inspired by so many other dungeon masters, GMs, you know, across the world, you know, people like Dimples and Dice, um, you know, one of my favorite, you know, uh, streamers out there. Amazing, amazing content, awesome game master when he runs stuff. And I, I love watching his content because it's so different to anything that I ever do. It's so out of my realm of, you know, imagination and where I go that I'm, I'm such a fan of, you know, what, what, um, what they're doing over there. And I think it's key, again, you know, something, you know, not a lot of people do people, you know, I talked about feedback, but research is another one. Go listen to other GMs, go see, you know, other styles. And furthermore, there's nothing wrong with taking pieces of each dungeon master that you watch and formulating your style from those pieces going, you know, I love, you know, that Matt Mercer does the, you know, how do you want to do this? I love that, you know, Brennan Lee Mulligan uh, is hits emotional highs and emotional comedies, you know, in like the space of 30 seconds. I love that Abria Iyengar gives space. Like anytime there's an emotional moment, she adds pauses that have you just like lingering on the edge of your seat, just like, oh my God, what's next? What's next, Abria? Go on, tell me, tell me, tell me, you know? And I think it's it's about culminating all those bits you like mm. into formulating your style and working out, you know, what you're good at and what you can do, bits that you can use. Fucking, I love that, Niels. I'm stealing that for next time I run some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it very, very much. I think that's, that's super sick. By the way, talking about next time we talked about what a weather show or this project started and where it is now where do you see it in a couple of years or in the future what are your future plans that's a great question uh we've talked about it a lot so a couple of teasers um we are currently working on like i said our mixed martial artist class which is something we will be including in the world and something that uh, i will likely play when i play my character in the land realm just because we want to we want to get it out there and we i, I want to be able to show people what i can do with mixed martial arts and things like that um, I know that, you know, we are currently deep within working on an airship combat system that is pretty awesome. And, you know, making sure that airships have stat blocks, people can build their own fucking airships, all that kind of stuff, you know, from pieces and parts and whatnot. And we're working on that really heavily at the moment, me and, uh, me and Tony and, um, of course, obviously, you know, we'd love to at some point release, you know, the, the Sky Realm, you know, book of, you know, cool, here is the world, feel free to go and, you know, create your own plot here, create your own, you know, whatever. So I, we would love to at some point have books, supplements of the shit that we are currently creating. But if we're talking about the actual stream itself, man, I hope we just have fun. I hope we have a campaign that runs for a long time. For me, you know, I hope my players, you know, enjoy this all the way through. I hope, you know, at the end of it all, when we finally do come to the ending of my portion of this campaign, that they feel that it was uh, a good resolve, that everyone feels content with, you know, how it ends, that no one feels like they were left 
wanting more, you know, needing more, you know, that kind of thing. So my hope is that as a DM, my, my answer to your question, I hope as a DM, I can fucking deliver on my promise that this is going to be a fun game for the next X amount of years. Saying that, saying that, we do also hope to be running the Sky Realm and the Land Realm simultaneously with bits of both worlds affecting the other world, though they are separated by a, 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 a layer of cloud. And shit, dude, who knows whether that layer of cloud at some point gets taken apart and whether that opens up, you know, to back to Pangea, the two realms, and whether we get to a third campaign that involves, you know, both the sky and the land together instead of separately, that would be a fucking dream, you know, to, to, to be able to run, you know, the full world with, you know, a, a plot line that is way further down with the effects of, you know, what your player, what my cast did, what Tony's cast do, and, you know, then be able to have all that history leading up to a third stream would be fucking incredible. And, you know, it's something that we already try and do. Like, um, we, I've ran this campaign for uh, like our family group as we call it got like a Becky who is our editor but also my my partner's sister my partner mom dad one of my best friends from high school another best friend from college you know and we, we all kind of started this journey together it'd be real great to uh, you know um, I don't know just just get to the end of where we're going and I don't know I, I'm, I'm just excited yeah, about all I think it's it's we're forced to in, enjoy the journey because yeah. we just don't know like as we didn't know where we would be two years ago who the like it would be silly it would literally be silly and foolish of us we have goals but we're not gonna we're, we're yeah, yeah we don't have expectations i think is maybe a we just yeah we it. just there's just no way we can predict how this thing is going to unfold and you know what where it's going to go and you know things things happen in life and things happen in um in creative processes as well as long as we can just always follow our passion we talked about this earlier if we can just follow our passion and have yeah. fun yeah. mission accomplished i you agree know? with that because as long as it lasts mission accomplished yeah i fully agree with that you know tom tom's totally right we started this as a passion project like i said at the beginning to you know and people people often assume wow your father and son you guys must fucking love each other like if you rewind the clock to six years ago tom and i did not like each other we did not get along at all we had very differing opinions about life about each other about how we act how we interact yeah. who we are as people we did not get along and you know for us this has been a saving grace this has saved our relationship you know we we have come out the other end of this because of the time that we've put into it you know and so for me it's you know continuing to have you know do you how many kids get to fucking spend every day working with their fucking dad? And, you know, Tracy, though she, you know, is part of our D&D stream, she also is helping me make dice at the moment. So when Homie and the Dude dice come out, know that my mom is making that with me. So how often do you, does anyone, you know, unless you're working in a bakery, you know, with your fucking parents that your parents own or whatever, you know, how often do you get to do that with your folks? And, you know, for the years, the latter years of their lives and the young years of your life, do people get to do that? And I feel blessed that, you know, Tom and T are willing to go on this journey with me but also you know wanting to um, embark on this journey with me and dive down this rabbit hole uh, i think you know fuck if in three years time we could be you know making a little bit of fucking money because you know <laughs> this shit costs um <laughs> costs time and time and money you know um it'd be nice to be making some money in some places but other than that just keep being together day in and day out and keep smiling keep being happy and you know supporting each other throughout this process i think for me that that that's that's enough do you know what i mean it's kind of like, cool it's kind of cool and uh yeah it's we feel pretty grateful to have this time you know yeah 
hundred percent. And whether it, whether we burn and crash, you know, whether whether this crashes and burns, it will be a section of our lives that we can always be so fond about, you know. And don't get me wrong, there's days where you know we travel to go do post fight interviews for Cage Warriors, and it's you know a four hour drive there, eight hours of interviews nonstop, and then a fucking four hour drive home, and the next day we have a D and D session, and then the next day we have a podcast, and you know we're gassing out, and we, we you know we're burning ourselves out constantly and whatnot, but it's all fucking worth it. We all we always come back to like Tom and I are always like, what can we get rid of? And we're like, nothing. We love it all. <laughs> like, we love everything we do. We can't get rid of everything, you know. So yeah, it's it's just passion, man. It's just love. It's just rather than and ex- I, I use this term all the time, and and some people definitely don't find it appropriate, and some people definitely don't like it. But uh, you know, I, I use the term of you know sucking life's dick, where you're you know beating that forty hour a week you know drum, uh, you know working in a retail store or you know being a bartender or working in a corporate company or whatever the fuck you do you know i hate that shit i've done that i've been managers i've been the fucking i've been the grunt i've been the manager i've done all the spectrum of jobs throughout that and i hate every fucking position they suck they're boring you don't (laughs) you don't enjoy life you become depressed and you fucking hate it unless that's your fucking thing and it's not my fucking thing this is our thing and we know that and that's why we we drive so hard with this and that's why we put you know that's why uh, you know fucking i'm taking no fucking money you know on a monthly basis it's why we're paying people out of savings that we you know that is intended for me to, you know savings that i've made that were intended for me to get a fucking house with my partner you know and instead i'm fucking paying her younger sister to edit for me you know we're we're, we're making sacrifices constantly for the drive and the passion you know and that and that is what it is we are doing it because we fucking love it mm. you know that be what it be it's, it's inspiring really seeing you guys talk about your passion that way that that this is your passion that this is what you want to do it's yeah nothing short of inspiring and 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 great to see really it's incredible seeing how you guys work together it's this relationship between you two that you two talked about it really shows it it shows that you guys enjoy each other's presence that you enjoy doing this together and i think i need to call my father <laughs> <laughs> dude dude, dude it's, it's it's how i feel like interestingly like i i think i i really started feeling that you know i need to call my father shit when i went traveling for the first time and i i realized that you know i was so far away from you guys and that it wasn't what i wanted and that, that i didn't want to be away from my family and you know all that kind of stuff and 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 so something that I actually do want to quickly talk about just because it's super important to me and I feel like I want to put an awareness out of this because I've had some negativity about this already in our Discord server and, and some other places. People have messaged me a bit negatively about this, but I want to I want to just put this out there. We are sacrificing so much to the point where, you know, I up until three weeks ago, I was a drug addict. I was smoking cannabis every day all day, nonstop for the last eight years of my fucking life. This shit means so much to us that I fucking quit smoking because of this. You know, we we are putting everything on the line for this fucking show. We're giving it everything we fucking got to make this fucking happen. And, you know, this, this is so important for us that, you know, we want people to understand as well that anyone can do this. We're not magical people. Like I said, I have faults. I was a drug addict up until three weeks ago. You know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not the best person in the world. Tom fucking, until we discovered meditation was a fucking piece of shit guys <laughs> he was a fucking piece of shit um you know and and it's it's one of those things where we shout out to piece of shit dads Woo! 
you know, you can you can change what you do. You can be better. You can alter the way of your life. It just takes the it takes a reason good enough to do it. And we're lucky that we found that reason. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's what it really comes down to is, you know, we're not anyone special. We're two random fucking dudes who are American living in the fucking UK, trying to make something fucking happen. And on a women of prayer, we're going to, but also we're putting everything we've got into it. And just like I know you guys are, you know, I know you guys are both young lads and, you know, you're giving everything you've got to double DM. I, you know, I know Emil, you're on, you know, Twitter constantly interacting, providing support to this community, you know, being an amazing influence. I know Niels, in your podcast, Niels, your insights are some of the best fucking shit ever, dude. You're, the way that your mind works, Niels, is amazing. The way that you come at some of these problems that you and Emil talk about is on another level, dude. Like, I, it's, it's really incredible. And I know how much work you guys are putting in. And I think everyone who sees, you know, Abyssal Bruise, sees Maps and Quest, sees Double DM, sees, you know, How Not to DM, sees Dungeon Glitch, sees, you know, any of these entities that are the, the cornerstones of the TTRPG community, understand that we are fucking just people working our asses off day in and day out to do what we fucking love. And we don't know if it's going to work. None of us fucking know if this shit is going to work. And we're gambling. We're putting risks out. We're rolling the dice as it fucking were. <laughs> and it's not out of your reach as well for anyone who does listen to this. It's it's no way out of your reach. You can achieve anything that we have achieved and more than we achieve because, you know, it, it just comes down to how much time and effort you want to put into it, really. You're here. You're here. Yeah, fucking, yeah. You know. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's one we're, we're very proud of. And, you know, also like on another side, we're fucking proud of you guys. Like I said, fucking, I'm looking at the thing and it says episode 70 and that blows my fucking mind. You guys have been absolutely <laughs> Absolutely kicking ass for so long and you know like i said i i appreciate your guys support more than anything like uh, above above the amazing podcasts that have taught me how to be a dungeon master above you know the amazing work that you guys do you know with the charity streams and working on the world building stream that you guys do and all that kind of stuff it's your guys support within the community that blows me away i can never be as supportive as you guys because i just can't be on my phone that amount of time it, it, <laughs> fucking, it kills me but you guys are constantly there helping people supporting each other and so you know if we can if we can put a nail in this coffin in any other way then double dm are the fucking ones double dms are the fucking guy that you the, the the guys you need to support and understand that they are you know the one of the cornerstones one of the core pillars of this ttrpg community then that's what I would love to, you know, say and put out there. Because without you guys, I'm not who I am today, 100%. You know, I, I listen to every episode and I'm thankful for fucking what you guys do massively. Well, I just, I just add to that, Emil, before um, some of some of the comments that you've made early on, you know, when we, we had... We, when we were fucking nobodies. We're, we're still, you know, we're still... We're still nobodies. We're still nobodies. <laughs> but but in, in those moments where you're just unsure what you're doing, you know, those comments mean a lot. And a there was definitely a few times where your name was, you know, at the top of that comment and it, it meant a lot to us in those, you know, and when we're kind of marching through the wilderness and not knowing what the hell we're doing. When we're burning out, we get a, yeah. we get a comment from, we get a post from Mill saying, we, oh, homie and the dude are amazing. I'm loving the actual play stream and we're having them on the podcast. Like you, like, I read that tweet last night, dude, I fucking, it was two in the morning. I'd just been writing all night and I was like, fuck me. I'm exhausted. I'm burnt out. That shit gave me life. That shit gave me fucking like happiness. That shit brought me back to serenity. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's it's wild how much you guys contribute without even knowing about it. Like seriously, for real. I again have to throw this back, just like I did in your guys's episode. I have learned so much 
from your guys' NPCs, for example, about how to create engaging NPCs that break the realm of possibilities that I had before, period. Mm. That, that, that's inspiring work. That's, and everything else you do, the interviews, inspiring. After I've came onto your guys' interview show, I wrote on my to-do list, get a better interviewer, get better at this, because these guys are better than me. <laughs> and then I put in the work through listening to you guys, through listening to other people, to get better at this, to find better questions for my guests, to find better ways to get my guests to answer in ways that enable them to get their visions, their words across to other people. Mm. Those are things I've learned from you guys. Dude, dude, we appreciate that massively. Mm. And, you know, we we hope to continue doing that. And, dude, you you have superseded any any interviewing expectations you may have for yourself brother you are you guys are both like i said like <laughs> neil's takes on things are literally some of my favorite shit ever i can't even tell you some of the shit that you say neil's literally has me laughing dying with laughter and then looking at myself in ways that i literally never expected to do in my life i can't even tell you how weird it is every time i'm like god damn it fucking neil's is like this truth machine that is breaking down my barriers like i I didn't realize I was in therapy today watching this episode, but I am. And I fucking here I am. <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things, you know. We're, we're thankful to share this space with you guys. Awesome. So I think this more or less concluded our awesome <laughs> interview. If there is anything else you want to shout out, where can people find you and all of that stuff, please do now. Uh, where can you find us? Um, we're Homie and the Dude, uh, at Homie and the Dude on absolutely everything. We were lucky to take down that domain. So uh, if you search us on Google, Homie and the Dude, you'll find our website on there and on our website you can literally find any content that you want from us and i'll tell you what we've made a good 90 percent of what we make free for people because you know we do want to support people who can't you know afford to spend you know a couple pounds on a character a couple pounds on a group of characters or you know on this or that or whatever so we have a bunch of free content if you're needing that we also have all of our video content on youtube so you can find everything that we have ever done every podcast from the moment tom and i started this all the way through to our actual play which we are churning out weekly now um and that's on youtube at homie and the dude um if you want to talk to us and we will hello respond we also have a discord server which we will uh we'll, we'll send you guys a link to so you guys can you can drop that in there and and whatnot but um our discord server homie and the dude exists you can join there you can ask us questions about what we want to do you can ask um any advice about anything that we might know about lights recording fucking actual plays anything that we might have a, a small amount of advice about we'd be happy to give in there as well as also if you want to talk about mma shit we have a whole section of to bullshit about our upcoming MMA events and things like that in there as well. So it's a fun space for that. Um, otherwise, you can also catch our actual play stream, uh, the Sky Realm, on Twitch. Um, and we do that every Friday, three weeks in a row, and then we take fourth week off. Oh, where have we heard that before? <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, but you know, everyone needs a break. Um, so, yeah, every three weeks we, we upload um, episodes, and then we take our fourth week off. The episode... Five will be live today at 11. Uh, well, this might be dated. I'll, I'll, yeah, episode five should be live when this goes live. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure when this is coming out. Episode five should be up, uh, as will episode six be coming and, and so on and so forth. And we hope you guys enjoy the stream, enjoy what we do. We're father and son. We fucking love you guys. We love you too. And uh, and yeah, thanks for taking the time to talk to us, guys. We're, we've been happy to share what we got with you. Thanks for, having thanks us for being here. Thanks for being here. Thanks a lot. And just as a 
quick thing at the end. You can where you can find us. You can find us at DoubleDMPod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can visit our website at www.doubledm.com. And please, if you like the show, give us a review on any podcasting platform of your choice. Do it. Do it! Support them! They're amazing! Get on it! Now! <laughs> and with that, thanks for listening. Thanks for you guys being on the show. Hear you on the next one, and bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, guys.